Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me Mayor. And I'm Brian Park. What's up, Young Me? Coming to you not live. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. From the commu- the comedy community, which has now been w- canceled completely. Not just one comedian, just the entire entertainment form is done. Yeah. Comedy has been purged in 2020 quarantine. We are now in a society <laughs> that no longer needs it. <laughs> no longer needs that style of it. That's for sure. Stand up RIP. It was a good run. Stand up was I, I fun, but <laughs> black teens on TikTok are a million times funnier than they anything <laughs> that we could ever create. Funnier. <laughs> black teens on Vine and TikTok just said, hey, nice uh art form you got there it would be a shame if we just were way better at it (laughs) (laughs) good for you know what good for them it's what it's what it deserved honestly i have to say i know the funny thing is that the alt comedy scene went down immediately first it went down first which is kind of funny um and then a few people from that group got canceled and people were like whoa wow and then the club comedy scene just the entire thing got canceled. They're just like, no more. This is gross. Yeah. I mean, Chris D'Elia, we don't have to get into it, but lots well, of... We, I don't know. Yeah. He, yeah. Let's just say he's a fucking creepazoid and <laughs> yike, big yikes, young me. Big yikes. It's, well, it's like, you know, in the Me Too when the Me Too movement was happening, all these comedians got canceled. Obviously, Louis C.K. being the most famous of them mm-hmm. um and then people were like well the good good thing we got those two creepo guys <laughs> that <laughs> those two guys that are creepy in this <laughs> art form that people do in a dark basement right and everyone that's involved does drugs and are, have severe alcohol issues and there's only two <laughs> weirdos in the whole group crazy we're good right, now i don't know why i'm dunking so hard <laughs> young I'm me how are you so feeling hard on stand-up it's <laughs> it's my dream um how am i feeling um well i am feeling so okay so there's this thing I, have you heard of this thing it's called attachment styles kind of i don't know is it similar to love languages <laughs> that kind of thing i don't i don't know what love languages are but that <laughs> sounds way cornier attachment <laughs> styles are like it's like this <laughs> i'm i feel uncomfortable attachment styles are like i don't know how scientific it is but it's like this idea that there's like people how, i guess how they're treated as children mm. um by their parents oh um, determine determine how they attach to people as adults right and I have been kind of obsessed with this one type called avoidant attachment style. Avoidant and attachment. I, that sounds yeah. oxymoronic. Like they're opposites. Okay. So I've, no, I've been like, there's, so there's four types and I was like trying to read up on it and see if I had, you know, um, had any, uh, uh, like what kind I was. And so there's four and then there's one that's like, regular i don't know what the word they don't use the word regular but it's like it's called like nor like normal like if you had, not weird like if you had christian parents that went to church every sunday <laughs> normal attachment <Yeah>. style 
you i obviously they don't use the word normal but they i think it's called actually i think it's called secure secure attachment style which mean which means you don't have any like weird hang-ups on attachment and then you're the other not a, ones you're a boring ass person is what normal yeah. attachment style is. <laughs> the gwyneth paltrow style um <laughs> and so so i think it's called secure actually i are you guys obviously let's I don't just know call it let's about go, this. let's go with normal i like normal let's let's just offend everyone <laughs> okay so there's obviously a normal which means like you have like good boundaries you know how to communicate your emotions with your partner you know yeah. whatever yeah and then the other ones i believe uh, obviously i don't know that much about this i know that that's very clear at this point but the other <laughs> ones are like more like if you had like an abusive childhood or like negligent abuse oh, then you're more likely to have fuck. the other the other three and avoidant is i am seeing signs of that in myself and so i the thing that i love to do as soon as i like encounter something psychological is make jokes and tweets about it so i've been kind of like obsessed with joking about this like for the past week there's this one viral tweet that was like i'm sorry i left you on red i'm in love with you like that have you seen that tweet no i have i haven't i'm not that active on twitter sorry but um, that's like that's like stuff that i do like that's i will do stuff like that where i'm like oh i like this person time to block them oh <laughs> like that. okay yeah okay, so there's okay. a bunch of there's a bunch of memes along that so, line yeah. about that sort of response to feeling love or feeling like any sort of involved. If you feel any emotion with someone, you're just like immediately like blocked. Never going oh, to talk so to you're, you again. Your like attachment that. style is absolutely the most anger inducing where if you're in a breakup <laughs> situation <laughs> and the person is like, I just love <laughs> you so much that I can't be with you anymore. It's like, yo, shut the fuck up. Okay. That makes I'm zero <laughs> sense. And now um, so you're co you're coming out on Front Street that you are fully that. <laughs> I love Front you so Street. much. I love you so much. I am going to ghost your ass. <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> well, no, no. I think I think legitimately, I think some people do that. And it's bullshit because they don't want to say, hey, I, I don't like you. So they yeah, pretend yeah. that they're like, oh, I, I, I don't want, I, I really like you just too much. Like that's kind of bullshit. Yeah. Like my style is like, I will just never, ever talk to you again. And I'll just be like, oh, whoops. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, <laughs> but so I've been making a lot of jokes about that. And I, oh. I think it's, I think it kind think of makes funny. sense because, yeah, you know, throughout the course of our friendship, this has happened multiple times where you'll ask me, Oh my God, Brian, I really, really like this guy. He just texted me. Uh -huh. I don't know what to do. And I'm like, just fucking text him back. And you're like freaking out. And you don't know. Like It leads to inaction where you're like, don't yeah. want to. And then I'll just throw my phone music. away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so. I'm like, oh no, this guy, I like texted me back. And then I throw my phone into a bonfire. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, my phone is on fire. Whoops. Okay. So now that you I recognize guess we'll that. we'll never see each other. How does that, like, <laughs> what are you going to, does that make you feel weird? How is that? It's a weird, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I'm just going to say this in case anyone else is experiencing this. It it's very painful and it's mm. like really hard. And I don't know how to like. It, it, it also makes me laugh because it's the weirdest, it's such a <laughs> weird reaction, but like, right. but uh, I mean, uh, you know, it's weird because like I've talked to you about having like a negligent childhood, like suffering from negligent abuse. Sure. 
And it makes sense that that was, that's like probably a symptom of my childhood Mm. because there was nobody there for me when I needed somebody to be there for me. And so now I don't like trust anybody to be there for me. And so now I'm like, you know what? I like you. I'm going to leave you before you can leave me it's like that you know it's it's very like i I understand where it's coming from but like it's very painful because then i'm like i'll do that thing i'll start feeling it i start feeling i can feel it coming on brian i can feel it being like i'm gonna gonna run away i'm gonna throw my phone in the fire like i feel (laughs) it coming on and then i do and then i do it and then i get so sad because it is like it's like i it i i do go through a rejection but it's like i did my own rejection you know what i mean god so then it's like i like i like somebody and then i end this it this sounds and then I'm tortuous like, this is torture, torture town i don't know wh- oh why i'm god. doing it i don't know and so and then i get sad and then i get super sad like and then i'm like i can't i can't talk to them i have to like and, th- and then i convince myself that it was the right thing to do I'm like, and it's, it's just terrible. And you know what? I, I have to somehow get over it or whatever, but you know, I, I see it as a sign as I'm not ready to, if I can't get over this at this right now, I can't like, that probably means I shouldn't be in a relationship anyway. I'll I'll deal with this and then I'll, you know, but I also thankfully find it hilarious. So that's how I'm feeling. It's just something that's been on my mind. Hopefully that's like something I can get over. It's so painful. It's so weird. I, I can't, I, I get, I like, like literally start to panic. I'm like in a panic mode. You know what I mean? It's scary. Maybe when you first meet a guy, you should let them know yeah. and be like, hey, so if I ghost you once, it means I really, really like you. And then if I yeah. ghost you twice, it means that I want to marry you. But if I ghost you three times, I'm actually ghosting you for real. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, but then I also somebody that I was like very lightly dating, like we went on one date very like months li- ago. The lightest <laughs> dating. <laughs> the lightest dating ever. Just a we sprinkle of dating. <laughs> <laughs> uh just a sprinkle of dating we he definitely put up my butt um oh. we, i'm just kidding i it's just funny of telling a joke and then waiting for your reaction over zoom i'm like that's <laughs> um and so he he honestly we were like it was going fine i wasn't i it was like too early on for me to really feel anything but like he like right. ghosted me completely and then like a week ago texted me and was like hey what's up and i was like you what the hell why what are you like texting me for but i wasn't like i don't really know him that well so i was like hey what's up and he was like i am so sorry but i do this thing where if i like someone i get scared and i disappear but to be honest i really like you and i was like Mm. oh shit you see no see because he's a dude i'm immediately like i don't know if your intentions are pure bro i know but (laughs) he didn't ask anything he didn't i kind of i believe him because he was really getting into it and i was like you know honestly i do that too 
I have like avoidant attachment style. Oh shit. And he was getting real yeah, he was getting really into the like telling me like about it and now he was like, you know, like we had like a really intense one date where we were really talking about a lot of stuff and I was like, that's just me personally. I'm like I op- I have no boundaries. But like right. <laughs> but um <laughs> But then he, he was like, oh, I have this thing. And I and then I, we talked about the avoidant attachment style thing. And I was like, honestly, I do the thing. I do that all the time. Damn. And then we might see each other. Yo, this is the makings so, of a, this is like a new wave Netflix rom-com right here. But then we both just like ghost each other. <laughs> Constantly. <again>. <laughs> every five years we meet up once and like, we're in love, in love with you. And then like ghost each other. Anyway. <laughs> That's how I'm feeling. How are you feeling, Brian? Okay, so uh, you you brought up how attachment styles are formed a little bit through our parental upbringing. Yeah. On the subject of family, so my uh-huh. sister called me out of nowhere last night. And okay. she rarely does this. And this just goes to show how crazy my anxiety is. It's because my mom was like, Oh, here's the phone. Your sister wants to talk to you. And my immediate reaction, oh. my immediate reaction was like, what? What? Why? Why? Why does she want to talk to me? Like, what the fuck? I didn't do anything wrong. Like, am, is she mad at oh. me about something? <laughs> and wow. so I answered the phone and my sister called me to tell me that she's really proud of our work on this podcast. Oh, Brian. It's crazy. Woo. Yeah, it's crazy. And oh my God. Honestly... It came as a surprise to me because in the beginning stages of this podcast, she expressed a lot of, uh, she was opposed to it at first because she felt that we were being like, I was just like airing out a lot of unnecessary dirty laundry and oh right I don't know. I guess like on her drive back to New York, something happened uh-huh. where she was at a gas station or a grocery store and This was in, like, Trump country, and she got a lot of weird looks, and Mm. specifically because of her appearance. And I think since Mm -hmm. she was with my niece, in this case her daughter, it really triggered something in her where it's like a kind of like a a protective motherly reaction. And I think it really affected her. And she said that the podcast helped her kind of confront those feelings and... I think normally she yeah. said she would suppress them because that's just the way we were raised. But uh, instead yeah, now it's not happening. Right. But instead yeah. now it's like she's open to talking about it and kind of uh, really sitting in with those complicated feelings. And I don't know. It just wow. made me really I, it like took me by surprise, honestly. <laughs> and wow. uh, that sounds yeah, so felt, moving. Yeah. And it felt really, really nice to kind of just you know, get that support from, uh, someone in my family and it felt really, really good. Wow. Oh, Brian. Wow. I mean, that's such a typical reaction, I think for Asia. I think that's why it's so hard sometimes to talk about racism with Asian families because the typical reaction is that didn't happen. I'm just, uh, that didn't happen. So you don't have to deal with all those hard feelings, you know? Right. And then right. I guess one day, one day you just like don't want to do that anymore. That feeling, you know, I I talked about this on the podcast already, but that feeling where I, in the beginning of quarantine, I literally had like was in a state of panic because I went out a few times and people said weird things to me, mm-hmm. and I I was obsessed with the fact that I couldn't go out 
just with me and Mino because I, I literally thought someone's going to start fighting me and I was afraid that I would have to like fight somebody while holding Mino or something. <laughs> like I was obsessed with that idea. I think it really like it becomes like this weird like if you're a mom, it becomes like this weird like you're in protective mode, you know, yeah. like that that mom bear mode where you're going to have to eat uh, like or <laughs> kill a tiger like you know like you think you're gonna have to kill a tiger or something right i was in that like mode i remember and this one guy yelled at us <clears throat> on the street once when i was with mino and i was literally like pushing mino like <laughs> i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna have to like fist fight this man it was so scary so i think i know what your sister felt in that moment but how wonderful that she reached out to you oh my god i know I, it's so uh i think that's my attachment style is to just constantly <laughs> criticize and then gaslight and say, well, I'm only criticizing you because I love you. Like, if who else <laughs> who else would tell you these things unless that, I loved you? <laughs> that's your attachment style? That's the, the normal one. That's the... <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say, that that's, the a, that's the Asian mom, a.k.a. normal attachment style. <laughs> I think th I think there's one that's like uh, I think that's there's one that's like cl it's called like needy or something. It seems seems very Asian mom. <laughs> needy attachments. <laughs> I should maybe read into things like this before I decide to bring it up on my podcast. Hey, <laughs> I should read this is how more about this. But um, this is how we roll, baby. <clears throat> this is how it's just jokes. We joke about mental illness. That's what we right. do. <laughs> the, the mental Speaking illness that we have. Well, we can also talk about mm. mental illness that Donald Trump has. Oh, <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> Let's do that. Well, he had his the, his first uh, rally. And um, what a complete nut job. Is that the one where the K-pop stands bought all the tickets so it was empty? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know... <sighs> Because K-pop fans are, they're really organized. In a lot of mm. ways, I feel like they are the new global world order in terms of like how swiftly they can uh, create, like form a movement and then execute on it successfully. Because apparently yeah. with this whole, at the Tulsa rally, they like deleted any social media posts in regards to like coordinating a buyout of the tickets an hour after it oh, was posted. Oh, I saw that. So there was I no digital that. paper trail. and That's amazing. This, right. <laughs> and at this point, I'm just thinking, okay, well, we can acknowledge that there's a lot of fake news and misinformation that's out there online. Couldn't mm -hmm. we just use fake news in a positive way for once and just, you know, maybe make a little white lie that Jimin from BTS has coronavirus and then all the yeah. K-pop stands will find a vaccine in one hour <laughs> once they realize yeah, that one of their own <laughs> has <laughs> coronavirus. They'll get right on it. <laughs> yeah, like that's the cure is that we just need to create fake news that someone in BTS has coronavirus <laughs> and then we'll have a vaccine. <laughs> that's that's the end. We'll be cured. That's the end. You know but what I like a lot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet I bet that the K-pop stands were the ones that killed Jeffrey Epstein. Actually, <laughs> they're like, this guy is the worst man. Someone off this man. Someone go into maximum security prison. Um, <laughs> who who killed him? The the 
the British monarchy? Come on, guys. <laughs> I, they can't do shit. They've <laughs> done Or to even go one layer deeper, mm, Bill Clinton is a huge BTS stan. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was the K-pop. But you know what's funny? You know what I like about K-pop stans? That they're so... Like, if you look at the, like, the racial makeup, they're all, like, POC kids. Yeah. It's all, like... Latinx, black kids, they're like obviously Asian, South Asian, Southeast Asians. It's like all the POC kids and some like blonde white kids too, like a handful of them. <laughs> I used to live in this and this the girls is crazy that I, about and the kids. girls that I that like me on Hinge. <laughs> <laughs> and the white girls that Brian matches with on Hinge. Um I used to live in this building where there was like a recording studio or it's like so a place where they did interviews. Um yeah. and it was crazy. Because there were big celebrities, like sometimes it'd be like Cardi B or like whatever would come. And um, and the crowd would be like, there'd be like maybe 50 people in the front of the building or mm-hmm. sometimes. And then like paparazzi. But one day it was like the entire block. And I was like, oh, it's probably like, I don't know. Think of the biggest celebrity, right? Yeah. I was like, it's probably Cardi B or Beyonce. And it was like 10 times more people than I've ever. <laughs> the whole block was shut down. And it was oh, BTS. Fuck. It was Let's it was like the <laughs> the the difference the difference in the fans it was like nothing it was like like I saw actual big celebrities American celebrities be there and it was nobody it was like maybe forty people tops and now it was like right. a thousand it was like a whole block but, and I feel weird about I feel weird about how American media sort of does like a blackout of K-pop because they don't want it to they don't want to admit that it's way bigger than American media at this right. point yeah. Because like it's like you know because like the American media is propaganda. It's like white supremacist propaganda, especially Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So I think that they're really scared to admit that K-pop has way bigger numbers than whatever yeah. they're churning out. But, but you know, that's it's power. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing that did upset me about Donald Trump's rally is he just kept constant. Yeah, that motherfucker keeps inciting division and escalating racial tensions in this country like it's his fucking job and it's psychotic how he just it's call psychotic, it covid yeah. night he keeps refer he fucking said kung flu he called the coronavirus kung flu <laughs> i i guess my question to you <sighs> is there the yeah. numbers back it up that there is a rise in anti-asian discrimination Partially yep. because, like, you know, the, when the president goes on national television and normalizes, like, slander directed towards Asians, uh, yeah. it ha- you know, it has effects. And, like, are you concerned? Like, I don't know. As a mom, like, are you in mama bear mode? Like, are you worried for Mino when yeah. he goes back to school? I mean, like, kids are mean as shit. They bully each other okay. a lot. Donald Trump, in his fucking idiotic fucking brain, because he's too stupid to even... He's just a fucking idiot, you know? I know a lot of fucking... I know a lot of people are like, oh, he's just smart, he's just clever, and he's just a shysty person. No, no, he's fully, like, just an idiot. Like, he's so underdeveloped emotionally. He, and what, what? nobody will ever fucking understand in that goddamn administration, because they're too stupid, is that he will just say stuff like that, and they think it's fucking funny. And then that literally translates into your sister in fucking Arizona being scared for the safety of her child you know what i mean it that there was like a two-year-old asian kid that got stabbed what for being asian do you remember that it was like right in the beginning of quarantine 
Oh, fuck. They went to the grocery store and some fucking psycho white supremacist stabbed the mom and the two-year-old for, for because they were, he was like, oh, you're spreading this disease. Jesus. And, that, and like that will never, it'll never go into, I've had, I've had an argument. I got in a really big fight with my dad who's white and he secretly supports Trump, but he won't tell me because I will scream at him. And one day. <laughs> you're like, I, hey, I dad. See, what is yeah. this MAGA hat doing here? He's like, oh, no, you know. He, I've seen him share like really bizarre, like intense propaganda on his Facebook page. And I'm like, okay, you are one of the stupid old people that fell down the Fox <laughs> News hole and then somehow stumbled across a white supremacist site. That That's my dad. He's so stupid. He can't even tell that a website is like... You know, because old people can't tell if it's a it's a legit website. It's like literal yeah, yeah. fake news. Right. Anyway, so I got in the screaming match with him where I was like, bro, like because of you, because you're so stupid and all your stupid friends keep sharing stupid shit on Facebook. Just because of that, I your grandson is in danger. Like, do mm. you not understand? Like, put the fucking two puzzle pieces, get the last goddamn brain cell in your head to work. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm getting so, I know that's so mean. And I know that's like, people are probably freaked out that I'm talking about my dad like that. But like <laughs> the fact, you know, the fact that he's spreading propaganda, but like, yeah. and, and then it's r- directly affecting me. It makes me so angry. Of course. So yeah, yeah so I, would yes, be, I, I would worried. be very yeah. upset. Yeah. It's so oh, upsetting. Gosh. And doesn't that upset you that your niece is like in harm's way because of some old white guy shared some stupid shit on Facebook? I mean, I know, oh, absolutely, and I see how cute my niece is, she's five, she's just so fucking cute, and it really makes me sad to think that the world is shitty, and as she gets older, she's gonna have to confront some, you know, the realities of what it means to look a little bit different in America, and the bullshit that comes with it. So yeah, it definitely makes me upset yeah. and very sad if I think about that. I mean, it's it's hard. I mean, you're going through it too. You know, I, I know it's like easy to see your niece and be like, oh, this is sad because she's a kid. But then like you are also in the same boat, you know? Yeah. Anyways, let's shift gears a little bit. And listeners, everyone, uh, we have an email, feelingasianpodcast at gmail.com. And... Uh, we want to reintroduce uh, an old segment that we used to do uh, where Young Me and I basically give our, I mean, we're not, we're just, we just give, we have a discussion. <laughs> I don't know if it's helpful yeah. advice. We're not experts, <laughs> but I think it, uh, you know, it, there are, they are good. Qu- so a lot of these questions are great and I think it yeah. could facita- facilitate a discussion even amongst your peer groups, if you're listening, which is the purpose of why we like to even, you know, discuss these questions on air. And yeah. Um, so yeah. So if you have anything that you're curious about or you want to, you want to be discussed, email us at feelingasianpodcast at gmail.com. And young me, mm-hmm. we received a really, really great question recently. And uh-huh. it is from a woman named Monica. And she asked, do you guys ever feel grief? For something you've never had as in the type of childhood you should have had opportunities mm-hmm. missed due to illness if so how did you confront the grief sometimes i see children interacting with emotionally literate parents 
aka normal attachment style. <laughs> and, I'm gonna stop calling it that. <laughs> and I feel a tinge of envy and heartache. Well, this is a good topic of discussion, I guess, because of, you know, what we were talking about earlier, the attachment style. <laughs> we're coming full circle, um, baby. Parenting, full circle. Um, and I guess, I guess it kind of, I mean, for me, like I said, I have a lot of history with negligent abuse um, from my parents. Yeah. And I, you know, obviously I've reacted as an adult to that in a very specific way. But yeah. I, um, I had this, this reminds me because I have a very good, um, example of how I reacted to this. Mm-hmm. And so I think this will, this will be, uh, interesting. So I, because of negligent abuse, like I, a big thing factor of that was that when i needed my parents to show up to something they weren't there right right and that was very painful like i I think a lot of people you know we see it in the movies like oh my dad didn't come to my baseball game kind of like that thing you know yeah yeah yeah, we all know (laughs) how that you look over in this you look over in the stands (laughs) (laughs) you're holding your bat and there's like a tear that rolls down your cheek (laughs) (laughs) why is this making me laugh like their seat is empty in my clarinet recital it's just an empty <laughs> scene. Oh no, it's my solo, and they're not here. Um, I think we all know that that feels sad. And then you, and you, I feel you like stand up <laughs> on stage, and there's a standing ovation, but you feel nothing because that empty seat is just looking back at you. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like it's it's like I feel like there's so many movies about this where now now I'm like Michael Jackson, and I'm the biggest star in the world, <laughs> but my parents are still not there. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's a painful feeling man it hurts but um so but i think a lot of people that have immigrant parents even if they're not asian immigrants or whatever immigrant parents know this because our parents are always working and they were never there and you know or yeah. like in the case of my dad he had alcoholism and like you know like <laughs> for what <laughs> whatever reason they weren't there <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so whatever it's, reason <laughs> it's made me <laughs> whatever the reason they just were not there uh so like it's made me very almost like weirdly crazy about it as a parent now where i'm like mino i'm here for you and he's like what stop saying that mom that's weird and i'm like i'm right here (laughs) he's like okay (laughs) um mino's like um, but then stop overcompensating and projecting onto me No, but but I I get anxiety about that a lot. Even you know sometimes I'm like, oh no, I wasn't around Mino enough, or like I think about that a lot. Yeah. But I don't know if where the reality is in that. But um, but what my reaction has been now, and this is very weird. Um, when I was when I was still married, I had like a one month checkup. I had an issue with like my body. I had to have surgery, and um, mm-hmm. I had to go for this meeting before the surgery. And I had Mino with me. He was like an infant. It was like really stressful. And my yeah. ex husband was supposed to meet me, and he was like five to ten minutes late. Mm-hmm. And I was so upset. But then I like really got upset. You know, I guess I got so upset and I like blew up at him and he was like texting me and I was like, don't even come into the fucking clinic. I was getting so angry, just crying. Wouldn't let him come up. I wouldn't even let him into the doctor's office. Oh, and fuck. I talked to my therapist about I talked to my therapist about it. And she was like, what? Ha-? She was like, sometimes when something like that happens, it triggers your response of when I was a kid and I needed somebody to come be there for me and they weren't there for me Mm. but then i was like why was i so angry because he was actually there he was just stuck in traffic he was 10 minutes late she was like well because 
Sometimes when you get something, this is what the question is saying, right? When you get something that you know you should have had and you've never had it, and if you have a good feeling like, oh, this person's showing up for me, they love me, it triggers the sadness from all the times in your childhood that you didn't get that. You know what I mean? fuck. And so then all that like unleashing of anger was like all this anger that i had inside of me from every time you know i had a clarinet recital <laughs> my mom was there. so i was just like why why aren't you here like just freaking out yeah and that was really it that that was very interesting to me so my reaction to the grief is anger apparently how Jesus. about you brian um that interesting yeah totally i i think i take a more this is where our personalities are a little bit different where I think you kind of lean into that feeling, whereas I try yeah. to, like, I'm more, like, try to fix it. Like, if there's, like, a hole in the sand, you'll jump in, whereas I'll, like, try to find other sand to, like, fill the hole up with. Mm. Uh, the reason I say that is, I, yeah, I, I certainly feel those feelings of grief that you're going through, Monica, in that it's usually with my white friends when they're with their parents. Sometimes I'll just see... You know, like my friend Dylan, for example, like I was at his apartment and his mom for no reason was like keyword. Notice how I'm putting a judgment on of like no reason. But the (laughs) but the but the mom was like gave him a hug. And Dylan was like, Mom, why are you doing this? And his mom was like, you know, I just look at you and I'm just so proud of you and like just everything that you do. And I was like. (laughs) <laughs> oh fuck that made me really sad because it's Aww, like a, it's like a longing it's like something i haven't experienced <laughs> but um Aww. but here's the thing like this is what i do in that and my therapist certainly helped me with this is it's on me I, i've accepted that it's sort of on me to mm. uh control my reactions because mm-hmm. my parents i mean all of our parents they're old now like the older you get yeah the the more immutable you are to change and you know for our immigrant parents they endured a lot of trauma a lot of really really fucked up shit and yeah whatever i the the treatment that i'm getting from them that is them compromising like it could be worse but they're trying to (laughs) compromise and tend to my needs as like an asian american person raised with american ideals and I I real I recognize that it's kind of on me and it's just yeah it sucks but I can't hold that against them you know like if you what I found yeah. helpful in my daily practice is uh the first thing I do when I wake up now is I just write in my journal like five things that I'm grateful for by doing that it's I think it sets my brain so it's more positive thinking mm and That's great. rather than do that and so like rather than focusing on like oh i wish i had this i wish i had that it's really helped me uh crystallize and sharpen my focus especially with my interactions with my parents in that i'm like oh mm. like these are the things that they do well now mm-hmm. i'm fortunate in that i have that type of relationship with my parents because i know that you know, everyone has a different relationship. And for some, like, sincerely, it could be very hard to even see anything positive. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm just speaking from my experience. And those are the things that I do. And I just recognize, like, in ways, it's just they are not going to change. So it's yeah. on it's on me to control that. Like, I can be upset 
yearn for the childhood I never had or I could just accept the reality of for what it is and just think, all right, well, these are the hands I'm dealt. How are we going to make the best use of the time going forward? Yeah. And it's also how you feel is very fluid. So maybe one day you're like, you know what? I'm going to just move on and try to live my life, blah, blah, blah. And then sometimes out of nowhere, you might just be sad. Like when you saw Dylan getting a hug for quote unquote, no reason. <laughs> You're like, he was just standing there being a fucking idiot. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, he was just, he was just doing nothing important. <laughs> wasting air and space and his mom <laughs> says she was proud of him <laughs> crazy <laughs> that's so oh funny. gosh i mean it um, is so funny no but like but sometimes yeah the sadness will come out and maybe you know like when like with the anger thing for me or like when you are sad i whenever i have an emotion i'm just like i just let it come out and i'm like oh there's that emotion interesting and that's all you can do i guess emotions are sometimes <laughs> You know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Monica. Yeah. We that's how we deal with our grief, anger, and sadness. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Thanks for reaching out, listeners. If any of this stuff resonates with you, slide into our DMs. And if you have any other questions, or if this is something you, yeah. you know, if you want to hear more listener-submitted topics, um, let us know. Yeah, send them to us. You know, somebody did mention something very brief. I'm just gonna say briefly. S- she because i was posting stuff about father's day because you know i have a very tumultuous relationship with my father and my mother but um i just like shared some memes about it being kind of not not like generic oh i love my dad but just kind of like what the hell my dad memes (laughs) and she was like she dm'd me and said oh it's very helpful for me to see this because on father's day i have like She's like, I don't know my biological father and mm. I see all this stuff about how much I love my dad. And then I see yours, you, what you're posting. And I was like, yeah, fuck my dad. And I was like, yeah, you know, relationships are complicated and some people <laughs> don't, you know what I mean? Like it, and those days are hard for people, right? Like, yeah, of course, if your parent passed away or if you have a bad relationship with them. So yeah, maybe we can do something about that in detail later down the line, but yeah i'd love to but um yeah yeah, so you know before we let you guys go let's uh let's discuss you know ways in which we can give back to our community let's talk about it and are there any so we wanted to set some time this week to promote um some nonprofit organizations or uh community outreach resources that of resonated with us this week and the one i wanted Mm -hmm. to plug for our listeners is Mm -hmm. um therapy for black girls and oh i know that one yeah and it's super easy and you just go to therapyforblackgirls.com and Mm -hmm. uh, the mission of it is to you know sustain and uh, they just want to create an engaged community uh centered around mental health needs for black women and black girls and mm-hmm. um you know i i think it's really great and they they execute this by creating like resources and just really really streamlined content like podcasts and just a lot of accessible points of entry for uh cater to black women who mm-hmm are somewhat interested in exploring therapy options and 
Uh, Therapy for Black Girls definitely does a great job of destigmatizing it and um, educating and, you know, just tearing down a lot of the obstacles that come with finding a therapist. So that's awesome. Right. So I highly recommend donating to Therapy for Black Girls. Wow. That's a great charity. Um, so I, I wanted to actually plug a GoFundMe this week because, or today, because I, uh, I'm sure most of you have heard of this particular incident by now, but, um, it's the GoFundMe is for Elijah McLean's mother, who I don't know, which is like a very traumatizing story obviously you know george floyd was traumatizing brianna taylor's traumatizing but uh, you know i feel like each of these um each of these cases i've been supporting you know financially what i can but this week i feel like this one is getting a little bit of attention and it is very heartbreaking Mm -hmm. it's heartbreaking because we know so many details there are so many things that he said that were recorded yeah and it's just very very hard i mean you know it's it's hard to speak about things like this but if you we're gonna put up the gofundme for his mom on um our page and also the the police officers that murdered him are have not been arrested and i believe are still working so we're gonna obviously try to make sure that they get arrested for murder because they are murderers and then also I wanted to plug one uh, Instagram handle. It's called Asians for Mental Health. Just because f- I know a lot of Asian Americans listen to this podcast. Um, it has a lot of great resources. They're mostly quotes. Um, and, you know, it's just something that's nice. I like looking at it and awesome. reading all the little facts that they put up. Yeah, that's it. It's Yay. at Asians for Mental Health at Instagram. How about what's your Instagram, Brian? You guys can follow me on Instagram at it's Brian Park. And what about you, young me? Mine is YM Mayor. And I, why don't you drop Dylan's Instagram? Because you <laughs> dunked on him so hard today. I didn't. I'm just kidding. Dunk on him. <laughs> Tell. <laughs> I love you, Dylan. <laughs> go to his page. Go to his page and tell him that he just gets hugs for no reason. Um, do just, we? I so, that was funny. guys, uh, you know, please, please share this podcast uh it really helps and uh like subscribe leave us a review on itunes and guys we are returning with our instagram live it's going to be on wednesday which is you know if you're listening that's today uh so wednesday 9 30 p.m eastern standard time uh follow us on our instagram page at feeling asian podcast and we you know we'll chat about the episode and play some fun games and, you know, open up the floor. And we like to just have a fun time, fun discussion uh, with everyone involved. We're just going to talk about negligent abuse, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be great. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be fun. <laughs> my, my mom will not be there. <laughs> Whether I like it or not, she's not going to be there. <laughs> I know. And let's All be right. real. Your mom isn't listening to this podcast either. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. uh, Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.